Okay. Um, good evening to everyone tonight. I've been asked by pastor to speak tonight, so I'll give it my best crack. Normally, uh, um, every time I speak, someone, um, you know, some important missionary or someone really important walks in, and tonight I see Barry here from New Zealand, so <laughs> it happened again. <laughs> so, good to see you. Um, but anyway, I'd like to um, start off with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into it. So let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for this opportunity now to um, uh, have a look at your word and speak here. I pray, Father, you'd help me, help me to say what's right and what you want me to say. I pray you'd be with everyone here tonight and that they'd be able to have uh, receive something that they could take away with them tonight. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so tonight what I was um, wanting to talk about is a way that you can rob yourself of being blessed. Um, you know... We can talk about different ideas or topics um, or ways to do things and it won't take long for there to be disagreement amongst people. Uh, it could be anything from the, you know, the colour of the carpet that the, ch- the church chooses through to major decisions in regarding to how we approach our community with different ministries we might do and things like that. And then you go through differences in political views and all that type of stuff and people will you know, pretty quickly disagree. But without a doubt, there's no doubt that we can all agree that while we're here on earth, life is hard enough without robbing ourselves of blessings that God wants to give us. But then why do we persist to do things that we know will result in getting a missing a blessing from God? What is it about us that we just, even though we know, we still do it? Or we cause God to withhold a blessing? Why do we do that? We are no different from the children of Israel in that respect. Um, They managed to do this in the Old Testament because of their unbelief. And if you turn to Psalms, Psalms chapter 78, we'll have a read there that they limited God because of their lack of faith and unbelief. Uh, This is quite a familiar passage. I'm sure you would have uh, read it before. And I'll read now from Psalm chapter 78, and I'll start from verse 38. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. So we'll stop there. So the benefit that we have today is we have got the complete word of God ready, ready for us. We can um, read, we can learn from it, we can refer to it, and um, that, that's something that we've got today. And we, we have this key right here in our hands to live a blessed life that God promises where we don't need to limit God and we don't need to stop the flow of blessings that he intends to give us by honouring him and his word. We just need to take the time to learn from his word, to read it, to study it, but most importantly then apply those principles that he's clearly shown us in his word. Please turn to James chapter 1 as well. James chapter 1 is a very practical book. um, James as a book Um, I really like it it's very convicting every time I go through it I'll read from verse 22 of James chapter 1 but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves 
For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So when we apply the perfect law of liberty, which is the Bible, um, then the promises that this book of James in chapter 1, that we promise that we're going to get blessed in our deeds. So we know what we need to do to be blessed. And now I want to talk about something that will steal away those blessings. Because you might do a lot of things here written in the Bible, but then you can also do something which will cause God to um, withhold those blessings. And I want to talk about something that we steal away because, and we're doing it to ourselves. It's not like what happened to, to um, Job where that was a direct attack of the devil. This is different. We're doing this to ourselves. <clears throat> and there are, there are various things that can rob you, of, uh, rob you of the many blessings that God has for us as we journey through this life. Some things you don't even know about because we're in ignorance to God, God's word and what we could have had if we just knew. Um, but other things we rob ourselves um, of those blessings that God as a Heavenly Father wants to bestow upon us. And I have no doubt that pride is the root of many of us being robbed of blessings. And this is terribly sad because it's avoidable. So what I want to cover tonight is the importance and the need for humility in our lives. And I want to focus especially when it comes to receiving instruction or a rebuke from someone who really cares about you. Uh, and someone who maybe just notices something in your life and they have a word of wisdom for you. And that's something... When you don't heed that, that's how you can rob yourself of, of a blessing that God's given you. <clears throat> One thing about humility is it's not esteemed very much in today's society. It's not something that's put up on the mental, mental piece of the great sports stars. Um, but in God's eyes, it's a great pearl when it's found in someone. We much prefer the traits like strong, focused, ambitious, but all these things don't leave much room for humility. But you catch the eye of God when you live a life of humility. You obtain the grace of God when you are humble. First Peter 5.5 5 says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the older. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. So in a way of introduction, that's what I was, I was just going to introduce what I want to talk about. And uh, the, my first point is I want to cover some things that people with humility exhibit. It was once said that humility is not about denying your strengths, but rather being honest about your weaknesses. People with humility are very comfortable with themselves knowing that God is still working on them. They don't need to thrust themselves to the front um, and they let their fruit and their character do the talking for them. They exhibit faith by living in a way that allows the Holy Spirit room to move in their lives and the lives of other people they may come into contact with. Also, people with humility, they'll have a great openness to instruction and also to self-evaluation. They are willing to grow and change if it means getting closer to God and becoming more Christ-like. A perfect example of this is if you're willing to let preaching have an impact on your life and if you're willing to make the changes required when you know you're supposed to and let it stick. <clears throat> now, while you're turning to Matthew, if you've turned to Matthew 16, I want you to think what you would do if you were openly rebuked about something in your life that needed to change. 
What if your pastor or a ministry leader confrontationally pointed out a glaring fault in your life? What would you do? Now, this happened to Peter in uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offence unto me, for thou savourest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. So Peter here just just thinks he probably is, you know, putting Jesus in his place and it backfires spectacularly on him. But to his credit, Peter knew that Jesus loved him and that Jesus was helping him. We don't read about Peter storming off and leaving the group at this point. He didn't write an open letter about Jesus' confrontational leadership style and how it was negatively impacting the rest of the team. Peter learnt from this rebuke and then he showed humility and we then see what happened the rest of his life. Yeah, sure, he had a few more pitfalls along the way, but in the end he was definitely uh, went on to do great things, great things for God. <clears throat> so people with humility are also very comfortable when people around them are promoted or they are having success more than themselves. In fact, they'll actually enjoy this when they see other people being blessed and increased. This is a mark of maturity in your, Christian, in your Christian walk when you can be genuinely happy for someone who has been promoted or blessed by God. People with humility understand that God is big enough to have enough blessings to go around for everyone and they don't need to fear missing out because someone else has been increased. In fact, people with humility will try and spotlight other people's success and use it as an encouragement to themselves and to other people. John Wooden was a famous basketball coach and he said, Talent is God-given, be humble. Fame is man-given, be thankful. Conceit is self-given, be careful. And you know what? Humility is the antidote to pride that will come from our success or even blessings in our life. Sometimes we misinterpret blessings from God as our own work and then pride rises up. We need to make the every single day choice that we will first credit God with anything good in our life and then other people before we even think about ourselves. Um, that way we keep humility at the front where it needs to be. We focus and our praise is on God and this prevents us from putting praise wrongfully upon ourselves. <clears throat> now I want to look at us being open to instruction and then making the necessary changes to keep us from pride and the pit that he will drag us into. I've got two examples in the Bible where one person did not listen to good advice and then another example where someone did listen to good advice. So 2 Samuel, and this is the story of David numbering the people. 2 Samuel 24. I'll read from verse 1. And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, Go, number Israel and Judah. For the king said to Joab, the captain of the host, which was with him, Go now through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, and number ye the people, that I may know the number of the people. And Joab said unto the king, Now the Lord thy God add unto the people how many soever they be a hundredfold, and that the eyes of my lord the king may see it. But why doth my lord the king delight in this thing? 
So Joab here tried to give David advice, uh, but David wanted what David wanted at this point. He would not listen to this good instruction, and we see, we'll read on and we'll see the result. And sure enough, we all know about Joab and his end, and he's the type of bloke that you probably wouldn't put too much trust into. But this time he was correct, and David knew it, and he chose to ignore him. So I read from verse 4. Notwithstanding, the king's word prevailed against Joab and against the captains of the host. And Joab and the captains of the host went out from the presence of the king to number the people of Israel. And Joab gave up the sum of the number of the people unto the king. And there were in Israel 800,000 valiant men that drew the sword. And the men of Judah were 500,000 men. And David's heart smote him after he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. So after this sin, God sends a great plague throughout the land, which killed thousands upon thousands of people. David had to act quickly to save lives, and he did. Go down to verse 25. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. So the sin in what David did was in his motive. There was pride and vainglory and a very large lacking of humility in what David did. We do read that David did submit himself to God's chastisement, but it cost him so much. Um, he would have to now live with the guilt of knowing that thousands of innocent people were slain because of his pride. He did the best he could and he put himself into God's hands, hoping for mercy, but there was, a price, there was a price to be paid, just like there will be for us, if we deliberately choose to not listen and accept counsel that we know is right. We will pay a price. Um, and on a much smaller scale to the to the lives that were lost, the financial price also David had to pay. He had to go by the threshing floor and he had to build an altar to get that plague stopped. Um, what things are you still doing that people have warned you about? You need to think about these things. What things are going to cost you big time in the future? Have you been clearly warned about something by someone who cares about you and yet you still do it? Are you delving in some secret sin that you know is not right? How many warnings do you need to hear from the pulpit or from God's word about these dangers to yourself and then the influence you will have on others? We can be very presumptuous when we willingly and pridefully sin and flaunt the grace of God and it grieves him. You know, we can do things like um, letting our mouths go wild with gossip. How many people are we cutting down to make ourselves look better? How many fellow Christians or co-workers are we stabbing in the back and are we spreading things that are going to hurt? The only reasons that we bring people down is to make ourselves look better and to um, reduce them in other people's eyes. Are we judging other people who perhaps don't meet our own convictions or our own standards? Um, Our own reliance on standards as a mark of holiness is leading us into self-righteousness. Let the Holy Spirit work on people and only offer advice when asked and do it in humility, knowing that God has maybe shown you something from the word that you've been able to apply. You don't need to ram it down people's throats. Pride is at the root of all these things that we're talking about. If we apply humility to all these things, um, these actions will disappear from our behaviour. If we are willingly doing something that we know is wrong, and especially when we've been warned, we are acting extremely foolishly, and we will be a call to account for it. Galatians 6-7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. 
For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And now I want to move on to an example of someone who did listen to wise counsel and then reap the benefits. Uh, Turn to Genesis chapter 41, please. And here we'll read about Joseph being promoted in Egypt. uh, Genesis chapter 41, and I'll read from verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. I have heard... I have heard say of thee that thou canst interpret a dream, thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So straight away, Joseph there shows humility. He admits, It's not me, it's God. And Joseph goes on to interpret the dream that Pharaoh tells him. Look in verse 33. He then gives him some advice as well. So this is the part where Pharaoh had a choice. Will he listen to this advice or will he not? Now therefore let Pharaoh look at a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. And the, and the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. So right there we see Joseph has now received honour because he honoured God. Pharaoh says there, for as much as God showed thee, so he admits, yep, God showed you, but you still are discreet and wise. God honoured Joseph immediately. Uh, Thou shalt be over my house, according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. So even though Pharaoh was a king and Joseph was a lowly prisoner and not even an Egyptian, Pharaoh knew good advice when he heard it. You know, David didn't take him from his general. And here we've got Pharaoh, an ungodly king, taking it from a, Jew, uh, from a Hebrew prisoner. So <clears throat> now that shows humility when you can take advice. He did, it, and, um, he did some very important things in this passage we read that we can definitely apply to our lives today. The, the thing that Pharaoh did firstly was he sought out advice. Who do you have in your life that you can turn to and ask for advice? Do you have a mentor or a friend further up the road than yourself that you can put yourself under and receive some good instruction from. The Bible advises that it's wise to have good counsellors that we can establish our purposes with. Proverbs 15.22, Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in a multitude of counsellors they are established. Or is pride getting into the way and you can't bring yourself to ask for advice because you think you might look like you don't know what you're doing or something like that. It's just you know your lack of humility costing you there. Pharaoh knew he did not uh, have the. Pharaoh knew he did not have the answer, so he found someone who could give it to him. Is pride stopping you from seeking out someone who can give you advice? Are you robbing yourself of this blessing? The second thing that Pharaoh did here was he listened intently to these instructions. Pharaoh, once he knew Joseph could help him, he then listened carefully to what um, he had to say, and then he evaluated what was said so he could act on that advice. How many times? Um, if you ask something and then let it slip by that without acting, well, what was the point of even asking? <laughs> Has someone cast their pearls before swine when they've wisely instructed you? <clears throat> another king, Hezekiah, a Jewish king from another time, when he was faced with a massive external threat that had conquered all before him, he sought out counsel and advice with his princes and mighty men. They gave advice, and the Bible um, says 
that this um, step taken resulted in these people helping Hezekiah. Second Chronicles says, And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib was come, that he purposed to fight against Israel, uh, against Jerusalem, he took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of fountains which were without the city, and they did help him. It's because he asked. So, you know, that was a bit of a tactic there. He, he, he stopped the water so this foreign king wouldn't have water for all these men. So. so perhaps you don't even listen to someone when they give you godly advice and wisdom. And this is only hurting yourself. And usually it becomes very apparent to the person once they realise what you're doing. Uh, they'll see that you're a time waster and you're probably going to find it hard to get them again. So just a word of warning there. And the third thing that Pharaoh did was he acted on the advice wisely. <clears throat> The Pharaoh then, uh, Pharaoh immediately did what was required to get things happening. He appointed Joseph prime minister and he reaped the bountiful blessings before, because of it. So by the time 14 years had come and gone, Pharaoh owned all the cattle and all the land in Egypt. He owned everything. Um, and we can learn from this king of Egypt, unlike another king, King Rehoboam. Um, and it says in Second Chronicles about Rehoboam, And they spake unto him, saying, If thou be kind to this people and please them, and speak good words to them, they will be thy servants forever. But he forsook the counsel which the old men gave him, and took counsel with the young men that were brought up with him, that stood before him. So there we see another king fail and lose a lot. <clears throat> good advice applied correctly can yield many blessings in our lives. Do we seek out counsel? Do we listen intently when we receive the counsel? Do we then live out the advice that we've been given? There is so much value and so many blessings to be received simply by listening to, following good godly advice. You've probably noticed by now that I've mentioned lots of kings in the Bible. They were leaders, obviously, in their time. But these principles apply to everyone. But to leaders even more so, because you affect those who follow you um, and look up to you. If you're not a leader, you generally will hurt yourself, but you'll also hurt the people who love you and seeing you struggle because of bad decisions you're making. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the, of the scornful. There is so much wisdom in having a mentor in your life that you can turn to, to and do what he said. Sometimes you will not know. Um, sometimes you will not know what to do, and you need a trusted person to help you. You should take steps if you haven't got someone like that to get these people in your life. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. The Bible says that in Proverbs 25. <clears throat> Personally, just as recently as this last week, I've had to call upon a couple of, of people that I, I see as counsellors because of a uh, bit of a work decision I've got to make. Um, because it not only affects my business, but it will affect my church life and my ability to serve God in a way that I think he wants me to. With a decision like this that can affect so much, I'd be foolish to go it alone and just you know, trust my own wit, which is not much of. So, um, You make sure counsellors and mentors that you want to uh, talk to, they've got runs on the board and, and they know what they're talking about in the area that you want to grow in. It's only smart. Um, I have purpose to have spiritual mentors in my life, but also business mentors as well. And um, thankfully, I've got one who's both. Um, but I make the conscious decision that I'll act and I'll listen to and I'll act on their advice. And if you're given the green light to learn from them, you should take that opportunity because they can be hard to find. Be with them when you can and you'll glean much reward. 
But when the opportunity comes to give back, make sure you do that too. Just don't be a bit of a leech. It's, the relationship needs to be a two-way street. At the very least, you can be praying for that person, at the very least. But you can normally do far more for that, to thank them for, what they, for their investment in your life. <clears throat> you must now decide if you will apply the godly counsel you will receive and if you will show humility required to realise the blessings that God has for you. Um, the counsel you may receive, it might come in a way that's harsh uh, or not very tender, but you need to just get over that. You can't really you know, be a buttercup when it comes to this and just cop it because sometimes the hard truths have to be delivered and you need to act on it. Be thankful that someone cares enough for you to counsel you and that they want the best for you. Make an active choice to apply the wisdom um, that you receive. And when you don't know what to do in a situation, doing nothing is not an option. Sometimes you'll have to put yourself under someone and just simply do what they say when you don't know because you just got to trust that God's going to use them and work on your behalf. God can use others to help you. You just need to be willing to swallow your pride and accept what they have to say no matter how it comes. It's not up to you to decide whether or not the other person is qualified to say something to you. After all, God did use a donkey to warn Balaam. So... And some verses to finish up on in conclusion. James 4.10 Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Proverbs 22.4 By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honour and life. James 3.13 Who is a wise man and endured with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. And Micah 6 verse 8 he hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. So we're commanded was required, and one of those things is to walk humbly in this life and show humility. So that's, that's it for tonight. I'll just now close in prayer and let Andrew come up. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for uh, your word and what it teaches us, Lord. I pray, Father, that everything that I've said tonight, um, that you would just help us with it. I pray, Lord, that we know that you've given us the, your perfect word. And I pray, Father, that we would just learn to learn it, study it, and apply it in our life, Lord, to reap those blessings that you've got for us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you above all for Jesus who died for us and saved us from our sins, Lord. And pray now for everyone here tonight, Lord, that, and especially if there's someone here, Lord, who doesn't know about... It doesn't have that um, saving grace in their life. Pray, Lord, that's night will be that night where they know that they need you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.